Hello and welcome back to On Track, everybody. We are nearing the end of this season. Yeah, we only have two episodes left until the season finale. If you are new here, hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to catch up. This week, I'm sharing my interview with NYC's Michael Love Michael, a fairly new artist as far as music is concerned. We are going to be talking about what they've been up to since the pandemic started, their time in the media, their sobriety, making the jump to music, their debut album, EXO, and so much more. Let's get on track, shall we? I got Hello, everybody. It's John Ali, and we are back on track today with non-binary Brooklyn-based superstar on the rise, Michael Love Michael. Hi. Hello. I'm actually Manhattan-based, which is iconic. Oh. She's a rich girl, LOL, just kidding. A white woman of color. See, I didn't know that. I'm learning something already. on the Lower East Side. Okay, Lower East Side. Yeah. I like. I don't know why I assumed you lived in Brooklyn because you just mentioned that you. We were talking before. Most of us are Brooklyn girls. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was for ten years, and now I'm like bougie. You know. Okay, got it, got it. Now she's rich, <laughs> right? Living the life she, of luxury. She thinks she's somebody. <laughs> Hello, how, how how are you? I'm doing great, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. What a crazy time. Yeah, we are. This is you are the second person I've seen post or like in the midst of Corona in New York City, but we are just three people in a room Mm -hmm. being as safe as possible Mm -hmm. and not being stupid Mm -hmm. and uh, happy to see you. I feel like I said this to you before, but I feel like I haven't met you, but I feel like I have met you. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I feel like we're like, sort of kindreds just in like a lot of the music we're both drawn to yes. and the ways I think you view like queer support and like you know kind of making a platform for like artists who might not otherwise get shine is like major and that's like my ethos as well so preach. we're like of the same preach ilk, preach that's know? literally all I'm trying to do yeah you hit it right nail on the head yeah. um despite everything that's going on you've done a whole lot during this time <laughs> uh, you also were away for a lot of it mm-hmm. uh where you were at a, at a farm right i was at a farm i was out west um and i was studying um permaculture okay. which is sort of this like fusion of like how society like basically how society can function by making use of like renewable resources um, and by doing that in like a community setting. So I was like in community on this farm. I was studying all of the techniques of permaculture. I got like a permaculture design course um, certification, which basically means that I can go into almost any space and like envisioned it as a green space. You know, obviously we've seen like what's been happening with the wildfires, the hurricanes, Mm -hmm. like, you know, 2020 is giving it all to us, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and Mother Earth is like, y'all done fucked up. (laughs) We have a biological like pandemic going on, you know, and it just is like earth care and like becoming better like stewards of like land is kind of like a really important thing to do but you know really hear a lot of people talking about it but we should be yeah climate change is coming it's here it is here (laughs) you know (laughs) and i yeah especially with our current 
person in the that house, you know. Yeah, she I know. I don't name him either. Who, um, <laughs> who doesn't give a shit about it? So yeah. it's like the more we do is, is only going to benefit us, especially talking about it. And that's kind of amazing that you did that. Did you Thank ever you. see yourself doing something like that? Um, kind of. I mean, I I feel like it became super obvious for me as like a next step. Like once I like left my job and I was just like in the middle of this pandemic and quarantine and I was just thinking about like what I valued the most, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think it's been a blessing in a way, like this time has like kind of forced people to like really examine like, I agree, you know, what they care about. And I was like, I need to make my life about something way more holistic than it has been, you Mm -hmm. know, like making tons of room for creativity, earth care, community building, et cetera. And that's what my life is now. Yeah. And you could tell that's just like based off everything that you've been doing in this time, that's, you say it out loud and I could totally just see that you have been doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. And I mean, aside from being at this farm, at this farm, at this <laughs> amazing community that you were in, before that you were in New York, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. nonstop. Mm-hmm. But before that, that mm-hmm. you, you grew up in Indiana. So I grew up between um, like Gary and Chicago. Okay, um, I had family in both places, and then I also had a stint in Indianapolis, like as a teenager, um, which is where I ended up finishing high school. Um, and yeah, so I'm like from the Midwest and, yeah. you know, that's, that's my, that's my roots. I don't really have much of a connection to Indiana as a place anymore, um, or even really Chicago, but I feel like queer people sort of like choose their home. Yes. Some of us just have to choose. Yeah. And I was definitely one of those people. So like New York was the first place I'd ever lived that actually like really felt like home. So like, this is home to me, you know? Okay. Whenever I'm, like, traveling, if people ask where I'm from, I say New York, which uh-huh, uh-huh. might be disrespectful to natives <laughs> like yourself. But I'm just kind of, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I, like, grew up here. Well, you know? a good portion of your life you did. I mean, yeah. you said you moved here when you were 21. 21, and I'm 32 now. Yeah, so. that's, that's yeah, mm-hmm. that's more than a decade. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. When you first moved here, like, did you have a clue of what you were going to be doing? Like, what did you have a plan? Like. I was gonna, you know, like, I thought I was gonna be, like, the next Anna Wintour. Like, I was very, you know, I was really, really into fashion. Um, I was always into magazines. Um, And I've always been a writer, always. Like, as, you know, like, when I was a teenager, I wrote creative nonfiction. I wrote poems, songs, short stories, essays. I got into journalism in college, and I was like, well, maybe that's a practical means to an end right Mm because like sort of gone are the days of like the starving artist because capitalism you know and I was like well maybe I can use this to sustain myself and have my other creative outlets kind of on the side and yeah so I kind of like came here just thinking I was going to be like the next the queer black non-binary Anna (laughs) um and I just, you know, it's like I've, I've had an interesting career in media, but I've, I have decided that my path is just not a linear one. Yeah. Because, like, I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like my path is always going to be dictated by, like, what I feel inspired to do creatively, which means I don't think it looks like a neat thing on a resume. Mm-hmm. I have some, I've had some great experiences. I think I have a pretty fucking impressive resume. Yeah. But I just, 
I don't view my life that way. I view it as like this open-ended journey, which I think most artists do. Yeah, I think most creatives feel sometimes confined by like the other half of it. It's because it's like the survival mode, right? Totally. You have to kind of like oblige to like society. Okay, I have to do this in order to like get to eat and live and blah, blah, blah. But then there's that other end where it's like our minds don't, are not supposed to work that way. Totally. And we have to let ourselves do the things we actually want to do. Right. Instead of the things that we have to do. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it takes so much time to, it's like this constant like deprogramming thing, right? Where I'm like, okay, I understand what society expects me to do, but like, what is it that I want? And like always kind of returning to that question of like, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? And like, living from that space Mm -hmm. but it's so hard to do if you're like especially if you're like at all programmed in any way to be like super traditional yes which i've had that and also hello like i'm all of this right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so it's like it's there's a lot of unfair advantage but i think in a way it also gives me a lot more freedom Mm -hmm. you know to like choose my own path because the path that's defined for everyone else isn't really for me anyway mm-hmm. you know 100 mm-hmm. percent. and i think that's why a lot of people move to new york because mm-hmm. i think there's that space that allows us to do that like yeah we can have like a fine line of balance of mm-hmm. like a little bit of all of it yeah yeah which is why i love it here yeah me too always recommend yeah i'm never gonna say don't come to new york city even right now i, I love say, it i always say give it a year you know yeah. like i'm like if you're in any way adventurous like just give new york like a try for like a year and mm-hmm. see how it changes you she's you know? gonna be hard she's gonna be hard she might be traumatizing she is traumatizing <laughs> but you grow yeah you, know? you grow immensely. immensely and i feel like i feel like a young person and i also feel like an old bitch mm-hmm. like do you know I mean, I like know exactly an old tough bitch. <laughs> like I am a tough broad. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what it you takes mean. a lot to break me down. Uh-huh. Like so much. <laughs> yeah, and we gotta give it. We gotta give it up for New York for for letting us do okay. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've like you said, you came here with kind of just like the will to want to make your life better for yourself mm-hmm. and your and your energy and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, w- would you say? past the media, mm-hmm. like that aside, you have truly found like your community here? A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah, I, a thousand percent. You know, I mean, I think like a big shift for me happened when I got sober seven years ago. And that's like one of the most like important things in, in my life, if not the most important thing in my life, because it's given me um, profound clarity and a lot of like focus and a sense of direction and and also just like and a community like there's so many people that I'm connected with who are also sober and the way we're able to show up for each other is incredibly beautiful and it gives me a sense of like what's possible for the world you know what I mean and like I've regained a sense of like my wildest dreams and I'm like living them you know like I'm like doing the things I always thought I'd want to do as a child you know what I mean like I always think of like little Michael and Uh like how proud they would be to like you know what I mean like and I'm not like some I'm not like a huge success quote-unquote whatever that even means yeah 
But I feel successful because I've like accomplished things that I always said I wanted to do. And there's more of that coming. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that all happened because I got sober because I plugged into that community. And it also changes your energy too. So you like attract Mm -hmm. like better quality experiences and people to your life it's like it's a vibe it is it's such a vibe i know it's so true i feel like along the way when you find like that group of people that you trust and you love and you feel safe with it's almost like having that gravitates more of those people to come into that totally and it kind of just blossoms and it doesn't mean all of it has to be the same group there's gonna be someone over there someone over here yeah like they're not necessarily have to be connected but you find your people i agree well it's like do you know do you know much about the law of attraction yes i love the law of attraction because it's the one universal law that i think actually works Mm. like you know it's the one it's like if you focus on negativity that's what you bring. Mm -hmm. If you focus on positivity, that's what you bring. Mm -hmm. What would you rather, Mm -hmm. right? Like your thoughts are powerful. The people you surround yourself with say everything about your internal condition. And like the kind of life you lead says a lot about like the way that you think and the way you act. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I want a good life. So like, I need to be kind. I need to think of ways to like help people be positive, you know? Like louder for the people in the back. Are you listening, everybody? Yeah, like it's It's very simple advice. It's it's really easy, and then you can kind of like manifest whatever you want. I feel like my life has been such a thinking you have something and then having it. Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean necessarily material things. I also mean like if you want to be a happier person, just act like you're a happier person. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy. Yes. And I'm not trying to like erase things like depression and anxiety and stuff because I have that. But I just feel like your thoughts are so powerful. Yes. And you can like change everything with the way you think. Exactly. So. I get it. I get it. And I think anyone listening, hearing that is just a good, nice reassurance that you are capable of doing that. Yeah. We are, we are both proof of it. Yes. Um, All this, all this, this journey in New York, this legacy that you've put for yourself in Mm -hmm. in media. Uh, have all led you to finally embracing yourself as a a real musician, Mm -hmm. which you said you've always been writing poems. You've always been doing things Mm -hmm. like that since you, when when you were young. Mm -hmm. So was this always in the works or was it, it was just a matter of like timing. I have a folder of demos that like no one will ever hear. (laughs) Like that I started making when I was like 16 and I taught myself to produce music on Fruity Loops and I had a shitty like microphone hookup and I just like rocked it out. You know what I mean? I have all these demos um, and I, I never stopped doing that. But I think the thing that like gave me courage um, finally to like actually start like putting things out. Well, first of all, there is like a lot to be said about just having a why not mindset. Like, Mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. What do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. What? Like I put something out and people don't like it. Okay, great. Then I just will not do that, you know, or I'll continue doing it because it's like, an authentic expression of myself and it doesn't really fucking matter like Mm -hmm. what people think but it's kind of like a it's I just was like I have nothing to lose and everything to gain by by putting myself out there my taste in music has evolved enough and my messaging has evolved enough and my writing ability has evolved enough 
that maybe if I put something out, it might actually resonate, you mm-hmm. know, because I have things to say. Yeah. And music is such a powerful medium. And I, I view myself like first and foremost, like even above being a musician or a singer, I view myself as like a writer and a storyteller and like a, a sort of a builder of worlds. You know what I mean? And like that has to be present for me yeah. in, in anything I'm doing. Um, but music is like, so dope because yeah. you can like go ape shit with well, that. Well, it's like, you know? I, I always think it's amazing when you can take words mm-hmm. and make music out of it and turn yeah. it into like this ex- experience where you're putting in thoughts and and then also like translating that into like a feeling, which is what music does for yeah. people. Yeah. It's reactionary. It could change your entire day, can make you feel sad, make you feel happy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're putting your words that are coming out of your pen, your mm-hmm. mouth, mm-hmm. and you're sharing it with everyone now. You're like, you're going to listen to this and yeah. hopefully people react to it. And yeah. I mean, you released your first song, Rope, right? Mm-hmm. When was that? That was in February. February. Oh yeah. my God, like right before everything. I know, such a fast like turnaround with everything. And then Six Jaguars was in April. Then JFC was in June on Juneteenth. Yeah. And then the album that, came in the album. August. Yeah. Yeah. It was And I just, I just consistently. kept going. I just kept going. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, that probably was what the rope you'll say is the thing that kind of like pulled you in. Yeah. To like really go for it. For sure. I think like when I had that song and I was like, I think this is ready. And I think it's going to like... The other fun thing about, like, releasing music for the first time is that, like, there are sort of no expectations, right? So you get to kind of, like, build them for people, Mm. which is so fun. I think, like, as a millennial, like, who has watched, like, people build brands and things like that, and as a person who's been in media and I've seen that happen. You know how it works. I kind of know how it works, and I kind of, like, understand that, like, it's really fun to surprise people. Yes. Or, you know, and I don't know what the fuck people expected from me, but I don't think they expected rope. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I fucking love. <laughs> like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I love that that was my first single. And yeah. it sounds like that. And um, I feel like it's such a statement um, in, its own, in its own way. Born to live a life of terror and pain Fearing nobody will remember my gave me like a lot of like momentum yes. and courage to just kind of keep going because it was like people are listening mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know and I love attention yeah. so, like yeah. who does it <laughs> you can't be bad about that yeah <laughs> no it got great attention yeah and, and for a song to come out it's like a scary thing especially mm-hmm. when no one has 
heard anything that you've done before. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, this is what my music sounds like. This is who I am. And what I liked about it too was, I mean, you said it, you don't really know what people expected from you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being honest, when I I expected, I don't know, for some reason, something like very like happy, go lucky and like bright, which it's bright. I've heard that before. It's bright in a different way. Yeah. I kind of like how kind of aggressive it is Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes very dark mm-hmm. sometimes uh very like spiritual mm-hmm. and almost like i'm being summoned into a lair and i i just want to party and like dance around like yeah. it's you can't it can't be defined mm-hmm. but it also can be at the same time mm-hmm. but i like that tug of tug of more like yeah. of it yeah yeah thank you i i love that too i mean i think like my favorite music does that it Mm -hmm. like it it it, like kind of creates almost like my favorite art period does that like it creates a little bit of an emotional whiplash Mm -hmm. like there's nothing sexier to me than like you're in the mood of a song in the world of it and then it just takes you somewhere else completely on the way over here i was listening to um magdalene by twigs Mm. obviously incredible yes um, the song Home With You, the way it begins with that sort of like soft intro. Okay. Um, it kind of just takes you somewhere and you're like, whoa, what, what was just that? Yeah. <laughs> I live for that. Okay. Like, you know, like, so it's, it's just fun to like create music that feels dynamic, authentic to like me and my experiences. Hopefully things that address things that are happening in society that affect lots of people. I like the idea of it being something that's hard to put your finger on. Yeah. Um, because like that's sort of who I am. Like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I am a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but that's what, I have many facets. Yeah, but that's <laughs> how it honestly should be. I think mm-hmm. a lot of uh, times people feel like they see what's popular. Yeah. They see what people gravitate towards. It's like, oh, I should make my music sound like that. Yeah. But really like what we want to hear is the person that I see in front of me reflected in the music. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. And I feel like you do that very yeah. well. And when Rope was out, the world, it's not yours anymore, it's the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the album already in the cards or? It like- was, I was already in the works. I had like maybe, oof, when Rope came out, I had maybe like three other songs done. And the songs just happened so quickly um, from there. That's amazing. And yeah. I, I mean, I didn't expect to have an album. And then before I knew it, I had one. And I was that's like, wild. this is nuts. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing where it's, if it's just pouring out of you, you have to just let it. Happen. Yeah. It's you, like that whole thing of the muse speaking. Mm. You know, the muse was speaking, honey. She had a lot to say. <laughs> you know, she like visited me in my nightmares. And she, you know, she like wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> So then you have, so you say you had these songs set then, like a a good portion of them. Yeah. Was Rope always going to be like that first song you wanted to put out? It was the first one that I felt like super comfortable releasing. Okay. Um, what I, what I like about my music and just music making in general is that I sort of approach it not from this like perspective and this is not to shade anyone at all but like I'm not thinking about like what's popular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I listen to what's popular yeah. and I love most of it like I love everything yeah like I really am sort of like omnivorous mm-hmm. um but I think I'm making the music that's in my head mm-hmm. I've learned to not judge what that is because it's kind of like it's there for a reason mm-hmm. and I feel like if it's coming up then it needs to come out okay somehow so yeah, Rope was like the first 
song that I'd made um, for what I guess ended up becoming this album. This is really interesting. And I don't hear anything else like this right yeah. now, especially coming from someone who looks like me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's fucking do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you did it. The I album is it. out. It's called EXO. It's called EXO. Yeah. yeah. Was, was that always like the title in your head or was that something else that kind of just jumped at you? I went through several titles. One was I Have to Scream. And then another one was Crayons. Okay. Um, and then Crayons is actually a Donna Summer album. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to like, I mean, she's Donna, and also she's dead, so that would have been really rude. Um, (laughs) I love Donna. Who doesn't love Donna? Like, couples. But um, yeah, she's like one of those people that I'm like, she's not dead. There's no way. She forever lives forever in my brain. Yeah, like, get out of here. But yeah, XO was always kind of in my mind too, because I, I knew that the album, that it was gonna be an album that had a lot of contrast. Um, and to me, that that symbol, like XO, hugs, kisses, open, close, like to me, it represents a dynamic of contrast and also an expression of love. And I always think that like, if you're a person who is being authentic and you fought for the right to be yourself as mm-hmm. I have, it's like the highest expression of love you can offer. Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of like, I feel like that is what these songs are totally and i mean you sum it up quite well because that's kind of like what the album touches on a lot it's like mm-hmm. self-love it's mm-hmm. empowerment mm-hmm. it's all it's all those things wrapped up in all these like very curated nice layers mm-hmm. and like sparks of like all these different things happening you don't know where it's gonna go i enjoy it so much because it's like i like being surprised mm-hmm. and it's a lot of that when you listen to the album mm, i have different favorites i think i told you my favorite was like blueberry and blueberry. canary right yeah and i think the reason i gravitated towards blueberry first because i at the time i was still in pa mm. and there was something so ethereal mm-hmm. and like relaxing even about that song yeah. and like it puts me like at ease oh thank yeah. you yeah and i think sweet. that's why i gravitated towards it. it was just like in that present moment i was just like this is the song for me right Mm, yeah thank you um that song i made on a rainy day and after the rain there were um birds tweeting and so i like stuck my by the way this is another thing i want to say the making of this album like most of it was done at home in quarantine and i recorded my vocals with an iphone mostly wow which you know (laughs) i'm just saying it's it's, a quarantine album possible yeah but also like it's it's like it, people, I think, often have this idea that, like, even to make the sophisticated music that they want to make, it has to be, like, they have to go to, like, a big-ass street and hire a, a, an expensive engineer. And it's like, I didn't do any of that shit. Mm-hmm. And I think my shit sounds... You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I think it sounds like deluxe. Like, it sounds pussy deluxe to me. To me. I mean, of course I have to say that because I'm the artist. But I just feel like it sounds, like, professional and... Well, I honestly would have not thought that until you just mentioned it. But I recorded everything on my iPhone. um, And I found interesting ways to, like, record, too. I, like, recorded, like, in a bathtub with, like, a sheet over my head and a candle. And I tried not to get the candle on the sheet because... 
it would have been like Britney Spears burning down her gym, you know? <laughs> She's like, I had two candles and one thing led to another. I'm like, what do you mean one thing led? Can you explain? Like, what happened? Well, like, you know, one thing led to another. I recorded an album. It's out now to the world. I'm like, wait. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. Blue, but I was just saying Blueberry is like, it's, um, I wrote it on a rainy day. You know, there are birds tweeting because the, the rainbow came out and then birds were tweeting. And I like stuck my iPhone out my window and I got a, a voice memo of that. And then I, was thinking about this like time in high school when I was like in love with this like straight guy and we sort of had like a little bit of a thing and um he was dating this girl because he was closeted and then he went off to the Iraq war and died oh like that is the story what I never really got to tell him how I felt, oh. you know, and I also couldn't make sense of what I was feeling because I was young and also closeted, LOL, you know, but like, it's a sweet song. It's also sad. It's, mm-hmm. all, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, I don't know why, but sad songs make me feel relaxed. Yeah, I don't know too. why. <laughs> I mean, Lana Del... Lana. Oh, she's my girl. Yeah. yeah and that song totally has like textures of Lana in there. Thank you. Which is a compliment always. Thank you. Totally. I hear that. And the I want to... she invented sadness. Mm-hmm. You know? Sad- sadness didn't exist before her. Thank, Thank you, God. Lana. <laughs> Thank you for giving us permission. <laughs> People hate her, and I live also. I oh, live for so that. many... Oh, my God. She's, yeah, very, very bad. I love her so much. Oh. Uh, anyway. Aside from Blueberry, which still stands as, like, a favorite, mm-hmm. I also so very much gravitate towards a JFC. See, Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. Yes. Uh, which I, I wrote about. Mm-hmm. You sent it to me, like, mm-hmm. right before it came out. Mm-hmm. You released it on uh, June 19th. Mm-hmm. And was that always, like, something in the cards, too? Or was just something, like, the timing's right? The timing was right. And I also had made the song as the... I, I, I started producing that song when I was, like... Oof, I think the George Floyd video had just begun circulating. Mm-hmm. And I was also getting in all of these weird... I mean, I feel like if you're a person of color and you're listening to this, you've had arguments with white friends Mm -hmm. this year. And I had so many of those where I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm done explaining. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm done explaining. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't get it, you don't fucking get it. But also read a book and also Google is free, you know? And, like, the that song really just came from that space of, like, feeling like I'm constantly in this place where I have to, like, like, I, like, owe people something, you know? And it's, like, I don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just be myself. And you can eat shit if you don't like it. Like, again, it's, like, that law of attraction thing and also, like, protecting my energy. So I kind of, even though I felt all of that that anger, and after watching the George Floyd video, like, how could you not be mad unless you're a sociopath? But Mm -hmm. I just, like, I was so mad. But I also wanted to, like, come from a a place that was I don't know I'm always thinking about dualities so I was like how can I make this somewhat cheeky like Jesus fucking Christ like mm-hmm. JFC is like you know an abbreviation yeah um and also like spiritual mm-hmm. in a way like how can I be above it yeah somehow while also acknowledging like that this is how I feel yeah and I don't think it comes off like you're real like it, you do feel that anger in this song but mm-hmm. like you said the Jesus fucking Christ part it's mm-hmm. almost like you're laughing at it too. Yeah, I am. And that's like a, a really nice balance. Also, it's a very fair balance given like everything that has been going on over the last few months. Yeah. And just having to see 
other people react to things and seeing how mm-hmm. like or, or seeking you out to maybe help them explain things yeah it's kind of just like yeah it's like well first of all my venmo is yeah 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 i collect the money <laughs> First of all, my Venmo is like that'll actually just be you know like, your Venmo. We're just gonna have to. We're gonna have to start paying people. Do you know what I mean? Like that. That's yeah. So there's that. But um, I'm glad you like that track. Oh um, yeah, it's, yeah. That one's really fun to make. Jesus fucking Christ, why I gravitate towards that one a lot too is is because I sometimes feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So like the Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. Like You're I like yeah it's just it's just how I feel. So yeah. I think I think it like it releases helps me release that for myself as yeah. well. So. Yeah. And I and I released it on Juneteenth obviously because it was a heightened moment but also like you know yeah that's part of it. It's like black people and people who've ever been marginalized or oppressed in any way like it's like step up and like claim your like divine self and like your freedom powerfully like Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of that Mm -hmm. you know and that's sort of Juneteenth represents that to me because it's like the day when the slaves knew that they were free Mm -hmm. because they didn't know before and the slaves in Texas found out and so everyone else did and it's just like claim that claim your freedom yeah you know and that's kind of what the song's about it's what it's the song's about it's what you're doing it's what mm-hmm. the album's about totally what have you received any like messages that maybe you weren't expecting about the album like mm-hmm. something that's really like maybe touched you or surprised you mm-hmm. one of my favorite pieces of feedback is that the album like people have told me that they think the album sounds like a really cohesive like body of work mm-hmm. which you know that's such a compliment yeah. because like I was again just making the songs I wanted to hear and I didn't understand how they would fit together until I felt like I didn't have any more to say for this particular moment. You know what I mean? But then arranging them and like listening back to it, I, I believed it all made sense together. Yeah, it does. But it's nice to hear that from other people. Of course, because you know? when you're in it, you're making it, you're writing it. You're yeah, like, you can't be objective. It's very you know? hard, especially when you're like, you're. In, it's all you. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that reassurance for sure. And, yeah. and then you obviously 
did the damn thing. Thank you. Um, but what also surprises me is that you've released an entire album and yes. then literally decided to drop a new song. I did. <laughs> a I couple did. weeks after. I did. So, um, yeah, so that one's called Apple. I just put that out this week on my um, seven-year sobriety anniversary. Yes. Um, as a way to kind of commemorate that because, like, because I'm sober, I get to make music. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, because I'm sober, I get to, like, have this life of like creative freedom and expression you know like if I weren't sober I probably wouldn't be doing that like Mm -hmm. I'd be not sober somewhere (laughs) you know and like being a mess (laughs) so instead I'm gonna celebrate by releasing a song about ancestry and roots which is where I think my music is going now like I'm focusing a lot more on like I've been doing some research into like West African like spirituality and I'm doing like that 23andMe test because I, I, I don't know, you know, like I'm, I'm a black American, like many black Americans who like, we know like that our legacy is kings and queens in Africa. Um, and we also know that we like we're pioneers in our communities, but we don't all know exactly yeah. where it is we come from because of s- slavery and establishment of white supremacy Mm. which makes sure that we never know our history and so that's super important to me to dig into and i think it's gonna fuel like a lot more um, of the music that you're making the music i'm making now amazing um so apple is like kind of an introduction to that idea and i worked with rich on it again and i wrote it with jesse st john and i don't know i feel like i'm i don't i don't really like have like one sound or anything I'm trying to achieve I guess I'm just thinking of like the best ways to get a message across Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and that's still in flux right now for this next project but it's Hey, you don't have to rush. It's happening. You've you've kept us plenty plenty. fled. I've done plenty. We've been very fed this year. We have an entire album. We also have like a post-album single there's also a video coming there's a okay now there's a video coming. (laughs) i mean by the by the time this is probably out will the video be out (laughs) possibly like so crazy (laughs) yeah um but yeah no i just i I feel like i'm in a flow and i'm like going with it yeah you you should because like why not yeah again why not why not is like the best like mentality to have i think yes especially if anything if this has taught us anything it's literally why not there are no rules like clearly there's no really planning too far ahead because like lord knows what that looks like yeah and it's like so why why not why not jesus fucking christ why not jesus fucking christ why not thrive enjoy yourself (laughs) actually anyway there's i'm doing something with that too amazing yeah i'm just glad that you you're you're continuing on (laughs) with the trajectory because i think a lot of people you know they would feel hesitant to maybe continue to push and push and push Mm -hmm. but like if you're feeling that and it's just pouring out of you it's like why like you said why not keep going yeah and you know and also though the, the other really key thing is black people Queer, trans people, rest. <laughs> Take a damn nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have had to, to force myself to rest. Yeah. So as much as it may seem as though I'm productive, which I am, and I know I'm doing a lot. Mm-hmm. I know I am. I'm aware. I'm also taking even more time to like restore and replenish because... 
that also affects your vibe creatively oh, 100%. energetically when you're with people and you can't give what you what you don't have mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and i'd rather like give when i can mm-hmm. and not like feel like i'm giving out of obligation because you know because that's usually like based in scarcity rather than abundance Ooh. which is you know i'm into the law of attraction I yeah think. Like, you I really are you, you know it yeah. very well yeah 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 i love that though because i think that's something that i even uh ign- ignored for a while the the resting part mm-hmm. um and i didn't realize it until this situation where like we were kind of forced to really look at it in, inside and figure things out i know and i had like a full-on breaking point and yes where i was just like was crying i was letting it all out and i and I was upset at myself for being upset about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, you have to let yourself just relax and rest break. and make sure that you are happy at the end of the day. Like, yeah. Give yourself that joy that's needed in order to con- continue. I think Earth also, like, by a with climate change and also with this pandemic, it's like we are being like sort of forced we're being forced to like slow down and like really think about what it is that we're doing and that requires rest that Mm. kind of reflection and i've obviously been seeing people spiral and like people are like able to do it in varying degrees you know um and not able to do it in varying degrees Mm -hmm. but like it's such a time to be kind to yourself so that you can like be of better use to like the world because the world is suffering we need to be as well as we can be so that we can like help make it better you know that's my no 100 percent. i think it's a it's a it's a nice reminder for everyone to genuinely just like take care of yourself yeah take care of yourself yeah um totally and i'm glad that you're just like a beautiful preacher in all the way you say things i love that i could literally i can honestly listen to you talk forever oh thank you um so there's this like little segment that I like to do at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's brand new. I just did it. I did it one other time. We're I doing it again it. now. Okay. Have you ever seen that Whitney Houston interview where she's like, But wow, what a moment. I will never forget. A moment that is most pleasing to me in my career. So this is what this is. Because I think oftentimes, like you said, you were constantly on the go. Yeah. And you were thinking about what's next. What are we doing next? Okay, I did this. What's next? Mm-hmm. And we often forget to remind ourselves well, I already did this. I should be proud of this. Like, let me look back at this and be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't always have to be on the go. It's okay to reflect mm-hmm. and be like, look at all the things I've done. Holy shit. Yeah. That is a moment most pleasing to me. Exactly. <laughs> I did that. I'm that bitch. So you know? what yeah. is a <laughs> moment most pleasing to you? A moment most pleasing to me. <laughs> I mean, putting this goddamn album out. Hey. Yes. Um, because again, I just never thought, I just, I, I never thought that I would have it. I never thought I'd be blessed with like the collaborators I've been blessed to work with. I never, I didn't think any songs would come out of me. I didn't know, you know, I went through like the most intense writer's block like several years ago. And it was like a creative block where it was like, I could write professionally because I had to, because it was my job and mm-hmm. it was keeping the lights on. But I couldn't write for myself in any, in any way. And so to like be in a space where I can't stop writing, a gift, you yeah. know. So that is most pleasing. Yeah, that is a yeah. but wow. But wow, that is a moment most it's pleasing most to me. Most pleasing to me in my career. In my career, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Can I pick another? Yeah. Um, hmm. Girl, 
learning how to grow my own food. Yes. I know that sounds crazy. Nope, but, but like, a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't do that. And they're <laughs> going to starve in a goddamn drought. And you know what I mean? Like wildfires and everything's going to take, take out their territory and they won't have anything to grow food on but no it's important yeah and it's very like empowering like when you like dig your hands into soil and you watch something grow after you've planted it and then you eat it fresh and you get to enjoy it Ooh, that sounds good to me like (laughs) all these girls on um, the paleo and like you know chiquinox (laughs) etc you know what Eat some, eat some veggies from the garden, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't have to do anything else. It'll keep you snatched, like, if that's what you're trying to do. And if you're not trying to do that, that's also fine. You know, I love ho-hos as much as the next person. Oh, yeah. All of it. Doritos, Little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> little Debbie. What you want. <laughs> so that's two. And kale. <laughs> <laughs> That is two two wonderful moments. Most pleasing, Most pleasing to, you. to me. I love that. I love that. So good. So good. Before I say goodbye to you, where can the the girls, the boys, the non-binaries find you on the social medias? Everyone can find me on um, Instagram at Michael X O Michael. My Twitter account is basically an MLM stan account and also like me reposting things that other people say because I'm old and I feel like I don't really know what Twitter is actually, (laughs) um, except a cesspool of complaints and narcissism and a stan account for me. So that's love Michael XO because I'm not rich enough to just have one handle across but we're Everything. getting there. But we're getting there. <laughs> I mean, I do live in, you know, Manhattan after all. So the luxury of it all. The luxury of it all already. <laughs> um, and let's see. Oh, yeah. I, I'm on Bandcamp, too. So, Perfect. So, you know, the album is $9.33. Go support. Go support because I get that money directly. <laughs> directly. <laughs> it's hard out here. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. <laughs> yes, you are doing the damn thing for yourself. The yes. music is out there. The album is out there. I'm excited for all the things you're going to continue to keep doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with Thank me. you for having me. You're yes. an angel. You're an angel. An angel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Peace. <laughs> Peace. The <Love> life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.